I don't believe that we should ever have the good money again before we take the thing out of the hands of government. Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner and toxic pleb, Kiwi Hoddle. We are diving into the numbers, Nico. Let's do it. Number time! Brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever. April 6th and 9th. That's right. It's coming up. Get your tickets quickly before the price goes up. The speaker list is nuts. You have Naim Bukele. You have Michael Saylor. You have Saifedean. You have Adam Back. You have Jack Maunders, Sen- Senator Lummis, Dr. Jordan Peterson, that's going to be absolutely bonkers. Phil and I are going to be on a panel as well. And you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 727,477. The Bitcoin price, 39,575. Chain rewrite day, 772. Total public lightning capacity, 3,501.13. Moscow time, 2527. Blocks to the halvening, 112,523. And the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity. Samurai Whirlpool is a coin join or collaborative spend service, not a mixing service. Anyways, the unspent capacity in that pool is 4,418.58. Nico, the numbers and the very controversial controversial collaborative spend numbers <laughs> yeah bro I, I dude it's funny we have we had people in the comments like nico called it it's like guys like look it, it it's just it like think about how it's gonna play out right bitcoin takes away power from governments right what are they gonna do they're gonna go after it so like it's not like i'm a fucking genius or have a crystal ball it's just like that's clearly what's gonna happen the reason that bitcoin has been so ignored and all these coin join services and whatever has been ignored for so long Right. I remember remember back in 2017, Phil, where you could withdraw like, you know, whatever you want off an exchange and they wouldn't ask you to send you proof of proof of funds and all these things. Guys, Bitcoin has crossed this threshold where it crossed the Rubicon. Now it's becoming a major player. It's transitioning to become a major player. And by doing so, because it's money, right, it's taking power away from nation states in the process, which means they're obviously going to fight it, right? That's what's going to happen. So, Phil, keep saying that unspent capacity until we can't anymore, <laughs> until they officially make it illegal because you want privacy. And it's not even it's not even a it's not even a mixing service, CoinJoin, right? It's all it's it's independent individuals deciding to you know put their funds together. There's no centralized entity, right? Uh, so it's just. It's fucking bullshit. Anyways, I get upset talking about it. Anyways, uh, to talk, what, it's very interesting what I have today. Um, a little bit of hopium. It's not. It's not what your usual dose of hopium. It's slightly different. But I thought this was really interesting. This article came out three days ago. It says mega awakening. Whale transfers 429 sleeping Bitcoin from 2010, worth over 16.8 million dollars. Now, I, this is what the fuck are you talking about? This is noise. This is interesting. This is interesting. Keep. I, I see Phil's face, and he's disappointed. I can see. I can feel the Canadian disappointment through the screen. Because 
that's the thing. Canadians, when they're disappointed in you, at least this is what Phil does. They say sorry instead of, you're wrong. This is bad, Nico. But the face reveals everything. Anyways, I thought this was interesting because, check this out. This is the power of hodling, right? Uh, the transfer stemming from the Bitcoin address that starts with the one was approximately 489 Bitcoin, 0.091. The largest transfer was caught by the blockchain but blockchain parser, btcparser.com, when it was processed at block height 726,000 on March 10th, right? Now, let's ch- take a look at what the price of Bitcoin was back in 2010. This is from Investopedia. Bitcoin had a price of zero when it was introduced in, in 2009. On July 17, 2010, its price jumped to nine cents. <laughs> nine fucking cents. Bitcoin's price rose again on April, uh, in April 2011 from a dollar to, uh, to $29. So when this dude bought that 489 Bitcoin that is now worth... 16 million dollars he bought each and one of those bitcoins for roughly nine cents let's 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 be conservative let's say it was a dollar right he bought those bitcoin for 489 dollars today they're worth 16 million that is the power of hodling and here's the thing this is something that you don't see when you're especially in the beginning in the beginning, it's very difficult to see the power of hodling. Well, Phil and I, we've been doing this for five, six years now. Y- you start to feel it. <laughs> Feels nice, right? Um, you start to see, right? You, you start to unplug yourself from the fiat matrix. A lot of the problems and all of the things that you would worry about, uh, you know, denominating in fiat start to disappear. They start to go away. Your psychology improves, right? Um, but again, you know, the, the, it, it, every, it's very easy to huddle on paper, but going through it is extremely difficult. And the way that you do it is to really learn more about Bitcoin, because by learning more about Bitcoin, you realize that there really is no other alternative to, stay, to, to save wealth without fear of confiscation and fear of debasement, right? So anyways... Uh, you know, of course, you could always buy physical gold, but you know, try taking that with you all your life, right? It's, it's a lot easier to I memorize. Thought, uh, yeah, I thought Ethereum was ultrasound money, though. <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, whatever, bro. If you want to get wrecked, yeah. if you want to buy Vitalik coin, like you know, go for it. Uh, but we're we advocate we're keeping the lights on. Yeah, but we advocate for Bitcoin something that no one has influence or controls or any of that so yeah i just want to pull that up you know i know it's a little bit of hopium phil i know it's a little bit of, a little bit of bs but i think it really highlights the power of hodling could you imagine that guy bro he's like ah, oh, let me just uh, you know this is fun 10 years later 16 million dollars like and dude, is that I- the guy who left a usb in his attic and his son's like taping him while he pulls the usb out is, it, is that this guy <laughs> It could be. It could be. You never know. The, 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 it had to be one of the OGs. Like, one of the OGs, one of the people that first, they saw Bitcoin, they definitely didn't get into it. Like, I'm going to get rich. They were just like, oh, this is so interesting. Peer-to-peer money over the internet. This is really cool. And then he just hodled it, or he forgot about it, and then he found it 10 years later. We have no idea. 
And then, you know, then it becomes $16 million. And I think that is the power of hodling, right? But, you know, what I always tell people is that it usually takes one cycle, one full cycle. You know, we're not going to try to pitch you what the shitcoin channels pitch you, which is like, you're going to get rich over, over very quickly overnight. No, you DCA into Bitcoin for at least four years. On the third or fourth year, you'll start to realize that was a very good idea. Right. Mm-hmm. But it usually takes time. It takes no pun intended, takes proof of work. It takes work to understand, to, to be committed, to have discipline, to hold through the peaks and valleys. Right. That, that's it's very difficult psychologically. Let's say you invest our numbers. You know, my wealth is relative. But let's say a thousand for this example, you invested a thousand dollars six months later. That could be five hundred. And if that a thousand dollars for you is a lot. Right. Because money is relative. You know, it takes a special type of person to not only not sell, but to actually buy more on those dips because that's when the biggest opportunity is, right? So, um, so yeah, guys, you know, it, it, I, I thought it was a it was a treat. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I I think that uh, after the third or fourth year, something else that that happens, uh, or at least this is what happened to me, is that I I I felt I didn't stack enough. That, yeah, that's yeah. what that, that's what happened. And and just for for anybody out there, realize that no matter how hard you stacked, you will get to that point where you feel you didn't stack hard enough. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. It's, it, it's OK. Everybody feels it. And, and don't get me wrong. Like Nico was just saying, money is relative. So, you know what your stack is compared to somebody else's. It's completely irrelevant because at the end of the day, you will always feel Mm-hmm. Like you could have stacked harder and it takes that amount of time. Like while you're doing it, like let's say when we see Bitcoin at these depressed Kaka fiat prices, you know, like it, it kind of seems like it just meanders along and it's doing nothing and it's boring. And you're like, oh, you know, like I'm not going to buy as much this week. You know, it's it's not doing anything. It's going to go lower this and that. That is, to be honest, that that is mental fuckery. That is stuff that I did to myself to somehow convince myself out of stacking as hard as I could. And the only time you're going to feel remorse for those decisions is after the three, four year period where you end up, where you end up seeing what Bitcoin does and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why was I thinking like this? So anyways, it's just, it, it, it is totally a head game and it's like their Gigi um, had, had described, right? There, there is Bitcoin derangement syndrome. Okay. Or, or BDS. It, does exist and it does happen okay so just stay headstrong absolutely and why do i say for sure it's a uh go ahead go ahead kiwi it's not a get rich quick scheme it's a don't get poor slow scheme and uh that high cost of capital being imposed makes us sort of blur the lines between investments and savings yep 100 percent wisdom wisdom yeah so and a couple things guys that four-year period is roughly how long a having is right a bitcoin having basically means the the supply that's being you know put into the market put into the total supply of bitcoin it gets cut in half right um that's what's happening during the having so that's roughly why we say roughly three to four years that you'll start to understand now again i want to emphasize this money's relative so what you'll see, everyone has different starting points. What you'll see, though, and this is significant, and I see this every single time, never fails, is that comparatively to the people around you, where you started, if you started putting some of your wealth in Bitcoin, 
right, you'll start to notice a difference relative to where you were before, right? So it's very key important to keep in mind. Again, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is just opting out of the slavery system, which is the fiat system. That impoverishes you. But anyways, Phil, it's time for... The Daily Fail. Brought to you by Amber App. Check them out. Amber.app, a Bitcoin stacking app by actual Bitcoiners. Low fees, smart automation, fair spreads. The link is down below. Amber, the smart way stack sets. Okay, so this is a this is a television ad from Bitwise, and um, essentially they're they're shilling crypto, right? They're shilling shit coins, and they're trying to shill it in a way that um, kind of makes it look respectable tries to make it look respectable anyways, but it doesn't do a really good job. Anyways, look, I hope you guys are all really hungry because we're about to dive into some, some shitcoin buffet here with this ad. Okay, that's what this is. So let's see what's on the menu. Early fall, September, late September. May I be of assistance, sir? Please. I know the 2013 Bitcoin, mm -hmm. but the rest, uh, I really need something well-balanced. Very good, sir. May I suggest a blend? Crypto doesn't have to be overwhelming. That's exactly what I was thinking. Wonderful. Ah! I'll bring that over. Great choice. Ask your financial advisor about Bitwise, the world's leader in crypto. In Gosh. What the fuck is that, dude? And I just want to note, I just want to note to, to Kiwi's point before about the World Economic Forum. Just saying, okay, if, if we go back and just take a look at what's actually on the menu, right? Like, Cello, okay? Nobody's even ever heard of this shitcoin. But A16Z is backing it, and they're working with the World Economic Forum. We've showed this in a previous video, the one that we had Matt Odell with. Why are they showing this? This random anything shitcoin. It's so creepy and strange. Anyways, look, the point I wanted to make before we move on to the big part of the, the fail segment is, is this. Again, this is another type of advertisement that attempts to um, use Bitcoin as validation mm -hmm. for affinity scams. That's all this is. Plain and simple. Okay? I like Bitcoin. Buy my shitcoin. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yep. Dude, look, it's such a disservice because what they're saying, it doesn't need to be complicated. No shit. You just buy Bitcoin. That's it. Coinbase and all those shit coin exchanges, they're the ones making complicated for the pursuit of profit. But it's simple. All you have to do is buy Bitcoin and take it into self-custody. And you know what the worst part about this is I bet you that Bitwise bullshit, that's not self-custody. So you're, you're keeping that with a custodian. That doesn't help the revolution. The only thing that helps the revolution is individuals taking self-custody of their Bitcoin. That's the only way money and state are separated. It's the only fucking way. So it's like you get the you get you know you get a paid actor, a male model to say some things, and a nice lady, and it's like you know the I bet you there's a a, popula a, a portion of the population that's like, oh, this seems good. I want to invest in crypto, but I don't know which one, right? Like it's like, dude, it's like, man, and you know what's unfortunate is that the, it, Bitcoiners will always be fighting this, always be calling out the truth because it's the the profit incentive from creating these fucking giant herds bro is just so strong bro a16z as much as we call them out phil like 
dude, like they're racking it in. Just like moving on to the next one, Solana. Oh, let's let's make Cello now. Let's make uh, Shikoi now. These people are stupid. And it's like, oh, that's the next big thing. I'm gonna get rich, bro. Doge. Elon Musk is gonna take Doge to moon. Like, oh my God. Like, bro. And then like, look at those coins. You get totally wrecked. Or you do what we talked about in the very beginning of the show. Long time preference. Right, I'm not saying that you know your your fucking you know five hundred dollars is gonna turn into sixteen million dollars, but even if you get a fraction of that, bro, you know. So, anyways, anyways, I put a poll up, Nico, and I'd be uh, interested to hear your thoughts. But knowing that the old guards are gonna try pump the bag of these shit coins, um, do you accumulate so that you can dump for sets at a later date, or do not fund it at all because that's literally funding oppression or the fiat reincarnated. Ooh. I voted on this. What did you? And vote? I went. I went with option B because that—that's exactly what I'm doing. You know what I mean? As soon as I figured out what the shitcoin scam was, I got rid of all of my shitcoins. I put everything into Bitcoin, and that was it. That, that was literally the end of it. And I haven't looked back. I, I understand that I'm missing out on all my fiat gains. I, I don't give a fuck. For real, dude, no, dude, no, dude. Yeah, bro. Look, look it, it, it again. We're a Bitcoin show, so you know it, you're well entitled to do whatever the fuck you want with your money. If you want to buy shit coins and gamble, we're just very transparent with people. What you're doing is gambling, so be it. But what I see, right? What Phil and I are, I say, that's what wakes us up every day. Is we are we're here for the revolution. We're here for the peaceful revolution. We want separation from money and state. And you do that by being Bitcoiners, right? All these shit coins, they're distractions. They're, that's what they do, right? They distract you and they try to convince you to separate, uh, you know, to separate your corn from whatever. So I, I don't think I could be sincere and I don't think Phil and I could, Phil could do it either. I don't think we can go up here every single day and just preach and preach and preach and talk about Bitcoin and then be buying shit coins on the side. Like, I don't think that's how it works, right? So, yeah, dude, I, I think, you know, but I'm looking at it from a from a different perspective. I, I, I think that if you spend some time in Bitcoin, you go for the, you come to get rich. I'm not going to lie to you. That's how I got, that's why I got into the space. And I did buy a lot of those shit coins and I was like, I'm going to get rich and I'm going to go whatever. But then I realized, I'm like, there's something much bigger at play here. Right. And then by learning about Bitcoin, you learn how the money is broken. You learn how states are using the money to manipulate people. Right. It's just like, fuck that. I want revolution. I want the death of central banks. I think they're systems of oppression. So I'm only for Bitcoin. That's what I stand for, because I think that it's the only cryptocurrency that could successfully separate humans away from the monetary pro uh, policy and in the process separate money from state. Is that a good answer? I'm completely with you. Uh, I, I answered the same as both of you. It was a question to Bitcoin is because it's like the first one, you're admitting it's a shitcoin, you know it's gambling, but you're going to like use the rising tides against them at a later and potentially more important date. But then you have the opportunity cost. But you'd be very surprised with how many people chose A and it's very surprising who chose that. I mean, I, I think that people choose A because, you know, again, what I see that have you ever seen the learning curve of, of crypto? Right. At first, you know everything, you know, you buy your miners, you buy a bunch of them, you get into the shit coins and you get totally wrecked. 
and then it humbles <laughs> you and then you learn about Bitcoin. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of I think that 2021, there was so much there was a flood of new people going to the space. They feel like they've missed out, which you haven't, which is why I showed that up that that uh, article in the beginning. Um, and dude, I think that there's that the, the shit coins are so enticing. They have the marketing, they have all this shit. And you're just like, Oh, yeah, let me get into that. But anyways, Phil, what's the next fail? Yeah, we scam ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, that's what happens. We scam ourselves. Okay, let's move on. We are following up on yesterday with what happened with Wasabi Wallet, right? Um, the article about uh, them essentially uh, censoring UTXOs. So Samurai uh, gave a response, which we are going to dive into today. And of course, Samurai is not... The point of this in being in the fail is where it's the general idea, right? It's not the actors at play here. It's not Samurai Wallet. Like you're going to see, I, I think that Samurai did a great job with this response. But what the point of this is, is what is happening in this space and the demonizing of privacy tools. Okay, that's the fucking fail. Anyways, let's dive into what Samurai Wallet said. On March 11th, we were approached by the Financial Times to respond to a story that would be published where the National Crime Agency in the UK calls for regulation of CoinJoin. One wallet seemingly folded immediately to this pressure. Our response in full below. Let's dive into their the actual Medium article that they that they're referring to in the tweet. The UK's National Crime Agency has issued a warning that crypto mixers are being used for money laundering. In the report, in the reporting by the Financial Times, Samurai Wallet and Wasabi Wallet have both been mentioned as a well-known mixer, which this is false. The author of the article reached out to us on March 11th with the following questions to allow us to respond. Now, look, we're not going to we're not going to dive into the the length of these questions. You guys can take a look at this. OK, what we're really what we're really interested in is Samurai's response and what was done with that response. OK, since only a single sentence of our response was used in the resulting article, we have decided to publish our entire response that we sent to the Financial Times below. There must be a distinction made between what the NCA has labeled crypto mixers and the open source software algorithms that are used in Samurai Wallet known as CoinJoin. A mixer implies a custodial system where crypto is sent into the control of a third party custodian who promises to send back crypto that is unrelated to the deposit. The software that Samurai Wallet produces is fundamentally different in the Samurai software. Users individually collaborate with each other to compose what are known as coin join transactions to themselves. The user retains custody of their Bitcoin at all times and a transmission of funds to any third party never occurs. While it's true that Bitcoin is pseudonymous is a pseudonymous system at the protocol level, the vast majority of crypto on ramps and off ramps. That's key here are the custodians of vast amounts of personally identifiable information about their users to comply with KYC and AML guidelines and regulations. Of course, right? The argument that crypto users identity is obscured on the blockchain, so users shouldn't need to worry themselves with basic financial privacy is not only bad advice. It is a feeble attempt to justify an unprecedented encroachment 
into the financial privacy of law-abiding citizens. That's exactly right. This is exactly what they're doing with this. This is why they're trying to criminalize and demonize privacy. We believe the vast majority of users who are using non-custodial CoinJoin software are law-abiding and simply trying to obtain a basic level of financial privacy when using a transparent and public blockchain. Businesses that take custody of funds on behalf of customers are already heavily regulated. We agree that the use of centralized mixers that take possession and custody of funds should be scrutinized and avoided. However, free and open source software algorithms in which there is no entity that takes custody of funds cannot be effectively regulated. We believe the NCA should focus, should instead focus on more productive methods mm -hmm. to prevent serious crime mm -hmm. and catch criminals. What were we saying yesterday? Right? That this is this is not crime fighting. This, this, this is, is not control, dude. Bingo. Control, bro. Like it, it, you can't reach another conclusion. We have done the research. We had Dr. Ron Paul. We have done we've show I'm gonna pop up the little the little info thing too. The current AML and KYC system only stops 0.02% of crime. People, they spend more on people complying than they do on actually getting back laundered money. They're right? fighting like, crime, it, It's like, these are systems of control, but what I want you guys to pay attention to, and by the way, we cover Financial Times articles, The Economist, The New York Times, The Guardian all the time because all of those publications, you have to understand something. They're the mouthpieces of the state, right? So if, if you know, the state wants a war or they want something, right, they want the populace to believe something, they use those articles to do that. So what you're seeing is the Financial Times, which also released an article that says, please stop calling fiat a meme because it isn't, right? It's the same publication, right? Uh, this is where Steve Hankey, you know, like if he, this is where he dreams to write, you know, so you have to understand where it's coming from. But I have some good news and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of an inside scoop. We have the, we have not the Wasabi guys. We have the Samurai guys coming on the show, not this Friday, next Friday to go through that Financial Times article on the show to just dismantle it, you know? So yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a crock of shit. Um, and the, the, the and again, this is what I've been telling you in the macro sense. This is the clash between you know the rise of sovereign individuals and nation states, right? And now that they're losing their monopoly on the creation of money, you know this this was inevitable. So take self custody. Anyways, Kiwi, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, demonizing privacy and the ability to save is anti-human it's anti-flourishing for humans it's retarded it's trying to create the panopticon that they want with a social credit system either in fiat or on top of ethereum which is just fiat reincarnated they want the social credit system they'll demonize anyone who stands out yep and that's exactly what they do that's, that's literally what they do they other people they censor them they deplatform them Right. Like, look at what's yep. happened in the last two years. You know, it's crazy in, in Canada recently. Right. Because people were protesting. Um, but great response. Right. From Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like great yeah. response from Samurai. And, and the, the point about the mixing services and the collaborative spends. Do you see how badly they want to demonize privacy? Mm -hmm. They want to demonize it so bad. They are not they're not even taking the time to figure out the difference between it's, the services because they that's not the game. That's not the game. It's not dude. the game they're in. They're not interested in that. <laughs> and 
And on top of that, like what happened to JP Morgan when they found millions of dollars of Coke on one of their boats? What happened to that's Christine okay. Lagarde for giving that's, hundreds of millions to one of her buddies? She gets that's, promoted. Like that's okay. That's <laughs> rules okay. for thee, but not for me. That's okay. They're bankers, bro. You know, Christine, the head of the European Central Bank, a convicted criminal, but it's okay. You peasants they need know a best. report. You need to report every $600 transaction because you might do bad things. Christine Lagarde, she's immune, right? So yeah, man, it's it's exactly what you said, Kiwi. It's rules for them, and no, was it rules for thee and not for me, something like that? Yep. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily meme review. Brought to you by Citadel Twenty One. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. This is Volume Ten. It just came out. Every physical copy has different artwork on the thing. They're scarce. There's only a thousand copies made per volume. Get your print of Citadel 21 today. All right. First meme. It was it was a reply to our tweet. By the way, Phil, I have to give a shout out to Phil. He's been making awesome fucking clips. Okay. He's been killing it. We're doing short little videos. We're, we're adding him to the show. It looks like you guys are loving it. So I just want to give a shout out to Phil because he's the mastermind behind them. Anyways, let's check this out. This is ETH 1.0 proof of work, Doug. Uh, ETH 2.0 proof of stake, Doug. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, look, look at this. Zoom in all the fucking shit on shit on shit. Oh, man. Okay, moving on. Next one. Um, I think they're going to run out of names eventually. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bitcoin Gandalf. Um, oh, my God. How did we not think of ourselves? Average Joe, inflation, high high, price, high gas price, the government, buy 50K electric car. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. It's like, why yeah, are you talking about Buddha gig or whatever? Yeah, Buddha, Buddha gig, Buddha gig, or Pete, whatever, bro. Like, what Dude, the fuck are you? Stooge. It's like, it's like, you know, that's the equivalent of like eat cake from the French Revolution from Maria Antoinette. It's like, yeah, I don't get you peasants. Just buy an electric car. It's okay. Like, bro, what the fuck? Anyways, uh, moving on. Next one by. Bitcoin cheese wasabi devs after charging high fees and doxing their users to the. <laughs> <laughs> it's mean but it's funny no it, it should be mean dude it, it's not you can't normalize what kiwi said yeah kyc and aml it's an anti-human system that has excluded half the planet because right. of where they were born this is not a this is not a defendable system it's not even effective at stopping crime like there's like it's literally so some bureaucrats could control their populace that's literally what it's for. Lynn Alden described it perfectly as proof of force. Yeah, it, it's it's mm. anyways. Okay, yeah. uh, pr producer price index up ten percent. Don't get caught in the wrong asset. Bitcoiners who saw this coming in mid twenty twenty. Boomers and bonds selling PPI at ten percent. Listen, uh, Phil and I are definitely in this category, and we proudly say that we've been calling inflation. Like eleven months before ma legacy media or what other people call mainstream media. So, yeah, bro. Like, it, it, you print more, you print more money. Inflation happens. Like, it's not rocket science. Anyways, we're just better at interpreting yes. the tea leaves, Nico. Bro, it's that they're 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 sniffing that modern monetary caca, like the modern monetary theory. This is just a fancy way of saying if we print more money, we could pay for everything. Completely. You know, disregarding every historical example of when that happens, the money goes to shit. 
But hey, modern monetary theory for you. You'll nothing be happy. Anyways, um, Bitcoin meme library. <laughs> Go ahead, Kiwi. There's also, N- Nico, uh, just FYI, kaka means shit in Maldi. Yeah, and it means in shit. In, it means shit in Spanish too, which is yeah, why I'm using it. Too. Oh, nice! <laughs> Don't worry about that. Also, talking about inflation, like it's funny, man, because everyone talks about CPI. Like even in Bitcoin Twitter, it's like, oh, CPI is at seven point nine percent. It's like that is such a stupid metric. Like, why would you even begin the conversation with that, dude? It, it, and oh, if you triggers me. No, and it's it's a propaganda number. The CPI is government propaganda because if you actually look at energy the cost of energy and the cost of food, it's around 30%. And that's what most people spend their money on. And not to mention rent and real estate, it's up 30% in the last year. So it's like, what is the real rate of inflation? It's definitely not fucking 7.9%. There, it's, it's bullshit. But anyways, let's look at Keanu because he makes everyone feel better. USD inflation, Bitcoin inflation. <laughs> hilarious all right moving on to the next one uh pirate this is pirate you got to follow his account he's full of wisdom he doesn't give a fuck he is an original toxic pleb um anyways check out what he has to say too many big bitcoiner follower bitcoiner accounts have this air about them where they seem to think they're more important than they are most of them are more focused on accumulating likes for sats again um, we've made a couple episodes about this. We had pirate on the show, uh, guys, like we're not trying to tell you, you know, how to get rich or, uh, you know, you're going to get rich if you buy this whole thing. That's a secondary effect of buying and DCAing Bitcoin. That's a secondary effect. Like it's going to happen. We're more focused on the revolution. So that's what this channel's about, right? And I think that Pirate really highlights that there's a lot of grifters, for lack of a better name, on Twitter that manage to get a high follower account, but they're not in it for the revolution, meaning they could be bought, right? There's a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of big Bitcoin accounts that are like that. I'm not going to name names, right? But I'm sure I'm sure a couple of you could you know name some off the top of your head, right? And those and, and, and those are people to be careful about because at the end of the day, are you in this to get the Lambo? Or are you in this to separate money from state? That's a question I have for you guys. Anyways, it is by Bitcoin Bobby. Wait, why Bitcoin, not both? Why not both? There you go. I mean, but it, it's a secondary effect. You get rich anyways holding Bitcoin. You get rich. It's not even that you get rich, bro. It's that your value, your time is actually valued, right? And fiat is just, it's literally getting sucked out, right? Uh, anyways, uh, wait, Bitcoin Twitter is not important. Never has been, never was. So yeah, it's definitely not important, but it sure is a l- very addicting. Anyways, uh, Phil, for those awesome memes that you picked out. Phil's been picking the memes and he's much better at me, but, but much better at it than me. And uh, Phil, I'm gonna give it a pink pearl eraser. You guys have all, you have memories of this in class yes. and just going like that on the desk, you know? Erase, erase, erase. Anyways, Phil, what would you That is an me? original. That is, is original. an original. Everybody sees that and all kinds of terrible memories come flooding back in. Right? I love it. I love it. Okay. So you know what? I'm I'm also going to go a little bit old school, but not as old school and definitely not as relevant. Okay? This was my original avatar. That's right. I'm going to start shaming Bitco into helping me make a new avatar. This was my original avatar. I don't know if you guys can see it. Yeah, yep. now you can. Okay, it's a decal that, uh, that he made for me of Darth Vader, and it says, I find your lack of encryption disturbing. That, that was my original 
image on Twitter. Which I was very heartbroken when you changed it. Yeah. It's okay. I, I went with the better Spy vs. Spy uh, rendition from Vizique, uh for Citadel 21, which I personally like better. But I still love this. I still think this is awesome, but, you know, it's time to change. Let us know which logo you like better from Phil <laughs> yeah. down in the comments. Comment, comment, comment. Anyways, Kiwi, what would you give those memes? I give them one steel paperclip. Oh, I don't think we've ever had a paperclip. Never. This is this is what this is throwback high school day. It means right, here, right. <laughs> got stickers. We got erasers. We got paperclips. Anyways, guys, we want to know if you agree with our scores. Let us know down below. If you disagree, also let us know down below. And of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms because we do talk shit about the World Economic Forum like BitcoinTV.com and Rumble.com. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily News. Brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin art sculpture grenade thing opens up you put your favorite hardware wallet in there and you can also get this in any custom color your heart desires you want to change the b to purple you could do that but only on cryptocloaks.com and you can take advantage of the link down below for 10 percent off all right so this is weird uh there's there's so many things that gets accepted right by you know the sec to be listed on the stock exchange but apparently uh bitcoin etfs are still not allowed, right? Uh, this is NYDIG. They're behind the whole Bitcoin for corporations. They filed for an ETF. That got rejected. Global X Bitcoin Trust listing also got rejected as well. I don't get it. The futures got accepted. I don't understand. I don't know. I went straight to Bitcoin. I missed all traditional finance. So I don't have anything else to say about this. Uh, Phil, do you want to add to this? I just find it. I just find it's weird that Bitcoin ETFs keep getting rejected. That's I find that very strange because I know there's a whole lot of pressure behind it. So I, I and again, I don't know enough to speculate about what uh, what they're doing over there at the SEC. I, I have to be honest, I don't quite understand the angle because these people are usually desperate to, you know, separate retail investors from their money. Yep. So is it possible? I know this is going to sound stupid, but is it possible that maybe they won't make as much off of this? And maybe that's why they need that. Maybe that's why they don't care as much about it. Like, you know, may, maybe it's something like that, right? I, I, I don't know. You know, because to me, I, I'm not seeing the logic in this. We've been hearing about a Bitcoin ETF now, at least for, I've been hearing about it for three years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know how much I, I, and again, before I came into Bitcoin, I don't know if there was already talk about some product like this, but it just seems, it just seems very suspicious that this keeps getting rejected over and over again. And, and it's not like... It's not some mom and pop shop, right? That that's no. showing up and and trying to offer this uh, this product. This is NY Dig. Yeah, dude. I they've, like, they've all tried. They've all tried, and it, it hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. So, like, what is? What are what the reasons? I, I never really see any reasons, though. Like, why does it really get rejected? Gary, Gen no, they they say the volatility and all oh, this. The volatility, BS. of and course. Guys, make no mistake. When this gets accepted, and I think they know this, this is opening the floodgates because essentially. Um, all the boomers or whatever, all the people that have their money in traditional equities, now they can get direct exposure to Bitcoin through the Bitcoin ETF, right? 
so, it, you know, maybe they know that. Maybe they don't want to help that. Anyways, I've started to notice a pattern. It's a very good pattern. We reported this. Of course, this guy's not going to win, but I found this interesting because you're start you're starting to notice something. Uh, this was uh, January tw 27, 2022. Uh, damn, Humphies will make Bitcoin legal tender in Texas if elected. Now, check this out. I declare my candidacy for this came out today. I declare my candidacy for U.S. Senate. Making Bitcoin legal tender in the USA will be my primary objective on the Senate floor. So, very interesting. Like I like I predicted. Uh, like we predicted, better said, this was going to get political. Political candidates were going to use this. Because it gets votes. A lot of people own Bitcoin. So I hope this keeps going. I hope more steam gets being accumulated and more candidates are like, elect me, I will make Bitcoin legal tender. Because honestly, that's really what matters. That like For me, voting, I'm like, Democrat, Republic, I don't give a shit. Do you support Bitcoin? Do you not support Bitcoin? Do you support the ethos of Bitcoin? Do you support freedom? I'm going to vote for you. right? So I hope more of these candidates keep popping up. But it's a good pattern, Phil. You know, one thing is like one candidate saying it. Another thing is you start to recognize the pattern, right? You also have Wendy Rogers from Arizona. I don't I don't think this bill is going to pass, but also proposing to make Bitcoin legal tender in Arizona, right? So you're seeing Arizona, you're seeing Texas, you're seeing a huge movement in Wyoming. Very bullish. You know, very bullish. I think oh, go ahead, uh, Kiwi. Arizona laps on liberty, though. Uh, as Skeef would point out, but it is cool. And I also think like with the ETF, like it's a good thing that it keeps getting delayed because it lets us plebs keep front running them. And that is going to be so epic in the long run. It's true. That is true. Not to put a not to put a damper on the uh, the, the politician parade, right? Of of all these, you know, the, the politicians saying, "Hey, I support Bitcoin," but you and I both know, right? There's going to be a certain subsect of these politicians that are going to support Bitcoin, and the second they get elected, Bitcoin's just going to disappear from their. I'm saying from their their platform. You know what I mean? It's no, kind of a that, politician would never do that. You're right. You're right. I'm being too cynical. <laughs> We've never seen that happen before. <laughs> But this is the sad part, right? You can't even trust these people. You can't even. It's like, why are we listening to them even? Why are we playing these games? You never could. I, I think, I think, you know, I think that from the Bitcoiners perspective, you're like, if it's fiat politics, this shit is nuts, right? Like, this is nuts. But I think that during the transition, unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with this antiquated system um, so that the transition isn't so brutal. And hopefully Bitcoiners don't get persecuted in your jurisdiction. It's already happening in China, right? The, the, the Chinese Supreme Court, 10 years in prison for even transacting, for sending numbers. <laughs> you know what? You know what, though? In, in the U.S., though, we, we definitely have a good chance of some of these politicians who may not be so friendly to Bitcoin, but will use Bitcoin as their platform. They may end up inadvertently orange pilling themselves yeah of course i mean <laughs> so dude they, they may not be for it 100 but by the end they're like this is way better <laughs> have you noticed that like ted cruz or lummis the people that actual politicians that bought bitcoin all of a sudden they just got based like all their comments were just based right so like is that you know you don't change bitcoin bitcoin changes you um interesting anyways i'm gonna pivot this is the last thing we're gonna talk about during the news today we're gonna talk about 
this country that the only thing most people, especially in the West, know this country for is Borat. Right? The name of the country is Kazakhstan. Um, it's a country literally in the middle of Asia. Um, and why do you? Why should you care? It houses a lot of Bitcoin miners. In fact, it's estimated that around twenty percent of the hash rate, roughly, really eighteen percent of the hash rate is located in that country. Just to give you a frame of reference, Germany, much more well-known country, only has five percent. Right? Uh, Iran only has three percent. Right? You know, uh, Mexico has point zero has less than one percent. Canada has ten percent. So this this country in Asia has twenty percent of the hash rate. Now the reason I want to talk about it is because remember what happened when China banned Bitcoin mining. What you saw was this great migration. You you saw people moving and flocking to the place where they're treated best, friendly jurisdiction. And you also saw millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars worth of hardware migrating without any coercion, without any central party telling them to do so. It was just by people following their own incentives, their incent the incentive of profit, which in my opinion is the strongest incentive. It's what makes the world go round, really. So... And what's interesting is that what tends to happen when a, a country starts to accumulate so much power, right, is that they try to use their uh, geopolitical advantage, meaning the, their monopoly on violence in that specific territory, that specific area, to try to coerce people. And that's what you're starting to see in Kazakhstan, right? They're starting to use that as a scapegoat because they know that there's a lot of Bitcoin miners in the country. Now, unfortunately for them, Bitcoin miners could just get up and go, right? They, I don't think the nation state, I don't think governments have realized that yet. I think that they see, oh, hey, there's a bunch of Bitcoin miners here. I could, what they would normally do, I could essentially twist their arm behind their back and make them do what I want. But with Bitcoin, like we saw with China, they could just get up and leave, right? So what you're seeing in Kazakhstan now that all this Bitcoin miners came into the country, now there's people that want power because of that. Anyways, let's check out this article. Kazakhstan has been has historically been a popular and welcoming destination for Bitcoin miners. In July 2020, the Kazakh uh, the Kazakh government estimated that roughly 14 full scale cryptocurrency mining farms were operated inside its borders. And government ministers have regularly made public statements about the hundreds of millions of dollars they expected to flow in Kazakhstan cryptocurrency mining sector. That is very similar to what you're seeing in Texas nowadays, which is why I want to talk about this. Following China, uh, following China's mining ban, some estimates reported that Kazakhstan's share of the Bitcoin hash rate more than doubled in three months, from roughly 10% in June 2021 to, to 22% in August. And now it's down. Now it's down a couple percentage points. Um, but Kazakhstan has struggled to cope with the surge of new mining activity since China's ban. In the wake of China's mining ban, the Kazakh government has implemented some, pain, some acutely painful changes to its energy regulations and its restricting growth of Bitcoin mining in the country. These changes aimed at controlling new mining activity are forcing many miners to, to start once again searching for a new home. That is the power that Bitcoin gives you. 
You don't have to be location specific. This is what the book The Sovereign Individual was talking about. You get to pick the jurisdiction that treats you best. So again, they might be strong arming these, you know, these miners for now. But hey, look, from this article, it was 22%. It's already dropped to 18%, right? Um, anyways, but in September, local news outlet Kazakhstan Today published an article titled Electricity Shortage Arose in Kazakhstan Due to Cryptocurrency Mining. And although not entirely due to that one article, from that point, the narrative around Kazakhstan's electricity problems changed to focus significantly on Bitcoin mining. Right. What does that sound familiar to you? Sounds very familiar to the narratives right in the EU and the this. They spin up a narrative. They make people believe. But unfortunately for them, what we're starting to see more and more. And the reason that the EU didn't ban Bitcoin, my proof of work, is because they fear getting left behind because those Bitcoin miners could just get up and go. So what we're seeing in Kazakhstan is something that would play that that usually it's like what happens with oil. When a country is really rich with oil, what tends to happen? Corruption, warlords, they take over that supply of oil. But what you're seeing with Bitcoin is that they they still the natural human reaction to try to take control of it, but the miners are just like, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Texas or I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to go it's not location specific is what I'm trying to say." So really interesting article. I know there was a lot to cover, but uh, man, I just find it absolutely fascinating how this is not location specific. And as soon as you start trying to put pressure the way that nation states are usually usually used to putting pressure, those miners just leave. As we saw in Kazakhstan, already 4% of the hash rate has already left the country. And I'm sure that a large part of that has to do with these new regulations that they're trying to impose, thinking that they're going to be able to milk these people out of more tax or revenue or any of that. Yeah, so, this isn't, yeah, this isn't, uh, it's, it's not an oil well, right? Like you, you can just pick up your miner and go. And, and I don't think they really realize that. And the other piece of it is, is this, right? In many other, in many other businesses, you couldn't just do this with your equipment, you know, but miners, you can actually do this piece by piece. You can dismantle it piece by piece. You can move it miner by miner. It's not the same thing as moving an oil rig and an oil well and all of, well, first of all, a well you can't move. Okay. But all of the equipment around it is massive and going to take a very long time to move. And you're not necessarily like, where are you going to get another well? So again, it's very region specific. It's not the same thing. Again, you know, if we're going to compare this to even gold mining and stuff like that, it's the same exact thing. And this is a whole new landscape. This mm -hmm. is what we've said, right, about um, disruptive technologies. Like we don't understand the full implications of a Bitcoin world. We don't understand the full implications of Bitcoin technology reaching out into every aspect of our lives. And this is part of it, right? It's going to touch the things that it needs the most first. But as it continues to grow, as it continues to mature, we are going to see Bitcoin disrupting, I, I think, aspects of life that we just we don't expect. And like, yep. look at this, right? Who, who would have thought like governments always think that they have this this ace in their sleeve. We can mm -hmm. force you to stay here. You you have to stay. It's like, well, not exactly. They're, they're already playing it. <laughs> they're already playing it. Kazakhstan has confiscated, which is why I want to talk about this today. Kazakhstan has, has confiscated nearly $200 million in mining equipment from unregistered miners. So, yes, to, to add to exactly what Phil was saying, 
they're trying to play the same card that they always play. And Venezuela, for example, what they did was the Venezuelan government nationalized the oil companies, right? Taking possession. But with this, right, you're just like everybody else. You take those miners, you're going to have to plug them in and mine them yourself. And those miners, the ones that have the capital, they're just going to go to another place where they can mine peacefully. It changes the dynamics. It changes everything, right, to what Phil was saying. Anyways, Kiwi, what are your final thoughts on this? I know it's some country. It's, I know it's a lot of abstraction. But I think it's, 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 it's important to talk about these things because it highlights the better flag theory that Bitcoiners talk about so much where the individual has never had this much power right over the state so much freedom so much right to choose to go to where he's treated best and there's really no response they have to this right they're just trying to you know they're relying on the old ways but not realizing that the old ways are not effective anymore kiwi correct i mean imagine being that much of a cuck that you're registering your miners like how antithetical is that do you know what i mean it's like you're trying to stand up to collectivism by registering your individualism (laughs) 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 no you said it well though it is uh it is the sovereign individual's thesis playing out and you see that in places like texas like el salvador and these guys, just like individuals are on the hero's journey, it's like the state is also having to touch some hot stoves. So it's going to be fun to watch this pan out. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch this pan out if you take Bitcoin into self-custody. If you don't, it's going to be a very rocky road for you. And we're also fans of physical gold. That's nice, you know, but it just sucks to store a lot of it, dude. <laughs> you know, like, but anything that you could actually take physical custody of and real estate doesn't count, by the way, um, is, you know, we're big fans of Ovden's show. But anyways, Phil, it's time for, no, it's not. There was a software release today. Why do you tell everybody about it? Software releases brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out. CypherSafe.io, the best place to store your Bitcoin seed. Store it in the Cypher wheel or the all new Cypher grid. Both come complete with tamper resistant wire and the Cypher grid comes with a punch tool. All right, we've got MyNode version 2.53 that was released. I actually just upgraded to that. The link is down below. Guys, don't forget to check us out on our audio only podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor. And if you want to stream us some sats, check us out on Fountain FM. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a very special shout out to our awesome thread sponsor, repheart.com. Phil and I wear the hoodies every day. Phil has the decentralized corpse one. Very cool stuff. And I have this orange one. Very, very cool. Anyways, you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off anything on the store, repheart.com. I also want to give a very, very special shout out to our awesome guest. His name is Kiwi.hodl. You can give him a follow at New Zealand Hoddle. Anyways, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button, smash it. And of course, if you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the Pleb perspective and the catastrophic fails from the shitcoin world economic central bankers, all of them in one go, definitely consider subscribing to Simply Bitcoin. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys, for a brand new episode. The statist moat is shrinking, and they know it. 